Hey, Joel here from the Think Institute. Would you like to bring the Think Institute to your church, group, ministry, or conference? We can provide high quality, theologically sound, and engaging education in the areas of evangelism, apologetics, and the biblical worldview. We've spoken at churches, schools, conferences, and groups in Chicago, Indianapolis, Franklin, Tennessee, New Orleans, Dubai, and the Philippines, and more. We want to help your local church, ministry, or conference fulfill your piece of the Great Commission. We can provide teaching in person or remotely using our state-of-the-art conferencing technology. Learn more about bringing me or a member of the Think Institute team to your church, ministry, group, or conference by going to thethink.institute slash booking. That's thethink.institute slash booking. Welcome to The Think Podcast, the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective with your host, Joel Sedeckes. And now, get ready to think. All right, so is logic merely a human convention? Here we go. This is a good question because when you're engaging with atheists and skeptics, presuppositionally, that is to say, biblically, you may encounter the objection that logic isn't objective, but is rather man-made and conventional, like I just described. So how do you answer? Okay. The skeptic is making this move as a response to your presuppositional or transcendental argument, showing that without First, presupposing God, there is no way to logically or meaningfully understand the world at all. Logic itself requires God, and by um, declaring logic to be a merely human or man-made convention, the skeptic hopes to dodge the obvious inability of his godless worldview to account for the laws of logic. After all, if logic isn't real, if it's purely conventional, then it doesn't need to be grounded metaphysically and there's no need, quote unquote, for God. So here's the reply. Enough preamble. Why do we know logic isn't man-made and how do we show this? Okay, reason number one. A world where logic wasn't real weren't real would be an incoherent world. So if someone wants to say that logic is merely a human convention, then he'll have to defend that claim. He'll have to present a worldview with a metaphysic that isn't fundamentally logical, as we believe that God is, and where the laws of logic aren't universal and objective. So in that imaginary world, A can equal not A, there is no excluded middle, a thing is not identical to itself. In other words, the laws of logic do not obtain. They're not real in that world. Okay, so that's an incoherent world, an illogical world. Imagine a world where a thing is not itself. Imagine a world where the law of non-contradiction doesn't exist. That is the world that the atheist is um, supposing here, is proposing. So that's an incoherent world. All right? Reason two why logic cannot be conventional. Laws of logic that are merely conventions are actually false. So our skeptical friend would have to explain how and why in a world that is not inherently logical, logical, where the laws of logic aren't real and didn't exist prior to humans because if they're human conventions, human conventions can't exist without there being humans. 
why in that world humans suddenly came along and developed laws of logic, conventions which in that kind of universe, this imaginary universe where logic is not real, these conventions fly in the face of reality. These conventions would not only not merely inadequately describe reality, they would functionally be lying about reality. After all, in this hypothetical world, logic isn't actual. And since human conventions say that they are, those human conventions are false. Of course, in a non-logical world, what's false can be true in the same sense at the same time. So the conventional laws of logic could be lies and true. And now we're back to the incoherence of that world. And you get it. It's a great big incoherent mess. All kinds of problems with this line of thinking. Okay, reason number three. Laws of logic that are merely conventional aren't really laws at all. They have no teeth. Why would anyone be obligated to follow a standard, these hypothetically man-made conventional laws of logic, that actually goes against reality? Remember, in a non-logical world, laws of logic lie about the way things are. They don't accurately describe reality. So in this hypothetical scenario, those who violate logic through contradictions are actually acting in agreement with the way things actually are because the world, this hypothetical world, isn't logical. It's non-logical. So in this world, being logical is going against reality. In other words, following these human conventions is going against reality. And following logic is actually following falsehoods. Violating logic, therefore, would be tantamount to refusing to follow lies. Are you confused yet? Is the skeptic really going to get mad at people who don't follow lies? If not, then he can't get mad at people who don't follow logic in this hypothetical imaginary world. After all, according to him, logic is merely a convention. But that's not how the world really is. If our skeptic says logic is man-made, not objective, then you could simply say, so it isn't man-made and objective. He couldn't argue. Uh, so, so it isn't man-made and it is objective. He couldn't argue. After all, the two of you are clearly just operating by different conventions, man-made conventions, and he couldn't appeal to his conventional laws of logic in any kind of objective way to prove your conventions wrong. As a quick side note, in our transgressive culture, the avant-garde take pride in smashing conventions, and they're often rewarded for it, often financially. If logic were purely conventional, then one of the quote-unquote best things someone could do, culturally speaking, might be actually to make a career out of being illogical and actually contradictory. And our skeptical friend couldn't say boo about it any more than he could accuse the Bible of having problematic contradictions in it. The Bible's just being transgressive. All right, uh, reason number four. By proposing the argument the skeptic is showing he doesn't really believe the argument. See, he wants to be understood logically. All the while the conversation is happening, our skeptical friend will be expecting you, his Christian interlocutor, to understand him logically, as if the laws of logic are real. But this undermines his claim that logic is merely conventional. It's rather the behavior of someone who believes logic is universal, 
and is objective and applies to both you and him and one assumes anyone else who overhears the conversation or anyone else he might be conversing with. In this way, he is showing that he doesn't really believe logic is purely conventional. Remember, if logic is just a convention, then it isn't objective and real in the sense that it reflects reality, that it's universal, absolute, reflecting the way things actually are. In terms of apologetical discussion then, the key for the Christian is to show that your skeptical opponent making this claim that logic is just conventional, is the key is to show that he doesn't really believe it. He doesn't really live like he actually believes what he says he believes. He doesn't live like logic is purely conventional and not objective and universal. Reason number five then, why we know and can show that logic is not merely a human convention, is this. Human experience reveals that logic is discovered, not invented. See, if logic were merely a human convention, then it would be a human invention. But that's not really what logic is, and human experience points up this fact. Human conventions are useful for organizing things that humans can control, like language, societal laws. So we have rules of grammar for language, and we have speed limits for society, etc., etc. But are laws of logic really like that? Are they akin to grammatical rules of language, certain societal laws? No. Logic is something that most people don't study formally, yet they conform to them all the time. They naturally and instinctively revile contradictions, for example. They understand that a thing is what it is. They're following, in other words, the laws of logic. They naturally think and act logically. We're wired to think this way, and our thinking, our minds, correspond to the way the world is. Now, we don't think logically perfectly, but we do think logically normatively, and we expect others to do the same. Our natural bent, the way that we are prone or apt to think, is not to treat logic as a man-made convention, but as the way things actually are. We instinctively think and act logically. Again, not perfectly, but normatively. It's only later, upon reflection, that we study logic formally, perhaps in higher education, and we realize then that this is the way that we've always been operating in the world. Again, not perfectly, but it's the way we've recognized the world is working and ought to work. Logic is not merely descriptive, but it's normative. It is descriptive, but it's also normative. And it certainly is not subjective. Logic is discovered, not invented. And then finally, reason number six why we know logic is not merely a human convention is this. If logic is a human convention, then it would not exist where no humans existed. There are no humans on Mars. But if you went to Mars, could you invent your own logic? Can you stand on Mars and say, I am here and not here at the same time in the same sense? And would that be correct? Obviously not. And not only not in terms of our supposedly subjective earthbound conventions, it's plain that our Martian friend would be uttering a false statement. And that statement would be objectively false because it's illogical. 
something that is illogical or contradictory is necessarily false. But if logic is purely a human convention, well, then that statement could be true. Since that's wrong, we can see that logic is not merely conventional. Logic is not merely a human convention. So in conclusion, trying to make logic conventional doesn't solve anything and only creates more problems. By attempting to make logic a merely human convention, the skeptic is showing that he doesn't understand logic, which is not invented but discovered, but at the same time, he's also undercutting his ability to attack the Bible for supposedly containing contradictions. After all, if logic were merely a man-made convention, then why even accuse the Bible of having a different convention, of, of being illogical by some non-objective human convention that people have come up with. And who's to say that the skeptic's standard or convention is the quote-unquote right logical convention and that the Bible's is wrong? They'd just be different. Now, I'm not saying that the Bible has contradictions. It doesn't. But the truth is that logic is real. Logic is discovered by humans, not invented by us. If it were not so, then the atheist would not or the skeptic, would not have an argument against the Bible and would have no ground to stand on in terms of his accusation that the Bible was contradictory and that there's any problem with that. Now, if logic were not universal and objective, logic would, would be universal and objective. I'm going to say that again. If logic were not universal and objective, then logic would be universal and objective. Why? Because the law of non-contradiction wouldn't apply, wouldn't be real. It would just be a convention that we made up. We could just as easily not, not make it up or make up a different law. If trying to understand that seems like an exercise in futility, you're right. It is. Just like trying to deny the reality of logic and the reality of the triune God of Scripture. Now, the same Bible that teaches that logic is not merely a human convention, but teaches that God is the grounding of logic and that Christ himself is the logos in which logic finds its root, is the same Bible that teaches this, that the wages of sin is death. And trying to suppress the truth about God, including his divine nature, and refusing to glorify him as God or give him thanks, is sin. The Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you have not yet bowed the knee to Jesus Christ, if you are right now not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you hate him, maybe you feel like you're indifferent to him, or maybe in some way you feel yourself, feel yourself drawn to him. I want to encourage you right now. I want to encourage you that God is real. God is real. And that's why logic is real. That's why logic is not merely a human convention. And the fact that God is real means that he grounds, he explains, he's the reason not only for logic, but for your own existence. And just as God gives meaning to our concepts of logic, he also can give meaning to your life. God is the reason why you exist. And according to the Bible, true, abundant, and everlasting life is found 
when you know God. And the Bible says that that only comes through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus took our wages, the wages of sin, upon himself. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. Right now, he is reigning from heaven, ruling from heaven, such that if anyone repents of their sin, including the sin of denying God's logical nature, denying God's existence, uh, denying the reality of God, and trying to live autonomously, if anyone repents of their sin and trusts in Jesus Christ, believing that God raised him from the dead and declaring him as Lord, according to the Bible, you will be saved. Now, if you want to know more about that, you can email me at thethink.institute at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to talk with you more about it. Uh, if you're looking for resources to help explain the biblical worldview for your kids, you can go to thethink.institute slash catechids. And if you enjoyed this, you learned something, please like this video, subscribe to our channel, and um, be, be sure to browse our back catalog of other videos and podcast episodes to um, find more resources to get you equipped and engaged and encouraged to explain, share, and defend the Christian message. Remember, this is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the way of your spiritual journey. That is about all I have for you today. So until next time, I hope it made you think.